or do you want to? I'll read it right then. <laughs> Forget it. I'll let you give it. <laughs> okay, we start off with a nugget. Don't judge each day by the harvest. One more time. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap. But by the seeds you plant. So it might be a bad day, but you can plant some seeds and glory to God. It's going to be good. Now, can I do it my way? <clears throat> okay, do it your way. Don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. So the minute you plant them, you know you're going to get a harvest. They're not going to pop up immediately. But you know the harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. Compromise. Want me to do the, the Webster's Dictionary? No. Okay. Want to open a prayer? <laughs> Lord, we thank you that we have eyes to see, ears that are open, Father God and a heart to make things right. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. That's Matthew chapter 5. And while you're turning there, I'm going to tell you what the word paralyze means. That's paralyze. Webster's Dictionary says that to be paralyzed is to bring in a condition of helpless activity, make ineffective or powerless. So what paralyzes Christians more than anything else? She gave, you, gave it away. Compromise. Okay. Now she's leaving. <laughs> I'm going to switch over to the other one then. We're on. Okay. Since she gave you, we will be looking at compromise. Uh, compromise is, is a weapon that the enemy uses to undermine the doctrines of the gospel. Okay. The church, the believers, are, are, in danger, are on dangerous ground when we depart from the teachings of the Bible. Okay. There is rampant compromise in churches today. Christian organizations and individual believers. They have adopted to the culture of the world instead of obeying what God's word says. Okay. Um, some of the uh, well-known uh, Christian organizations that uh, have compromised the word um, is like uh, Wycliffe and Vision. They have said when they're putting out the Bibles now, they have taken uh, Jesus out of the picture and they have uh, placed uh, Allah in it. To, so there's compromise. 
Okay, so there's other areas that we can look at. Churches are compromising, going to chrysalum and so forth. Um, if we value popularity more than we do the Word of God, we're in trouble. Uh, the result is devastating. Matthew chapter 5. See what you get out of this. Verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. I'll read that from the Amplified. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the, law, if the salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality. How can its saltiness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer, but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. See, what's salt got to do? Well, it says we're the salt of the earth, and if you compromise, you're not good for anything. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, salt is a seasoning and a preserving if left on bare earth or exposed to the sun, rain, and air, it loses its savor. It's worthless. Our, our life as Christians, our mission is to conduct ourselves as salt and light. Amen. Amen. And we are, we are to be above corruption. Amen. Salt removes corruption or holds back corruption okay so how salty are we today are we going to find out areas that we are compromising in oh, oh. we are living in the last of the last days okay uh, biblical values and religious liberties are under ferocious attacks around the world and even in our own country we see things happening in our own country that uh, are terrible so there's a compromise there the theme of unity, love, acceptance, tolerance, and forgiveness are being misused in biblical contexts. Uh, they're using it to rationalize their positions and to justify positions that defy Scripture. Well, you know... The Bible, you know, that's arcade that was written by a long time ago. People didn't know what they They don't live in modern times, you know. No, that's kind of different. Those who don't compromise scriptural principles today on morality are accused of both in the secular world and the religious world. You find out that even the religious people are against those that are not compromising. Um, they say that we're over-emphasizing, being too zealous, too stringent. You're intolerant and you're hateful, you bad people, you. A timid avoidance of controversial issues will lead into 
a deepening compromise. So if you're not standing up for your rights, it's your standard erodes. And there's a lot of people uh, today that we have allowed the politically correct things to erode our values. And it leads us down to a, in the wrong path, and the consequences are deadly. True. Okay? We cannot have true reverence of God and have the capacity to fear men. Okay? We must take a stand on biblical inherency. Biblical inherency. The word inherency means not errant or no error. Biblical inherency is a doctrine that says the Bible is without error in all that it affirms. It means that whatever the Bible affirms that is true, it is true. And what the Bible affirms as false is false. And people are, it says in the last days that, uh, that we, that right will be wrong and wrong will be right. We see that all over now. I mean, in our judicial system. The criminal is being set free. The victim is put on um, being harassed by everybody else, okay? Simply put, God cannot err, okay? The Bible is God's word. It is not full of errors. Okay, Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, we find in verse 18 that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Glory to God. So, let's look at another one. Make sure that we have, it says with two or three witnesses, we establish something. So, let's go all the way to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 23. Oops. Numbers 23. Verse 19. It states... God is not a man that he should lie. Whoa, glory to God. John chapter 17. Go back to the New Testament. John chapter 17. Oh, glory. John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Glory to God. There's no compromise in God's word. It's truth. Hallelujah. We're about done. We're not going to compromise. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Some of you look surprised. Psalms 119. 
and find the 160th verse. That's Psalms 119, Psalms 1, uh, verse 160. Thy word is truth from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endures forever. So God's word endures forever. It's truth. There's no lies in it. The sum of your word is truth. That means the collection of God's word is, is truth. Okay. Psalm, uh, pardon me, let's go to the book of Isaiah right now. In Isaiah chapter 40. God doesn't compromise. He puts it down there and he says, this is it. Believe it. Verse 8. That's Isaiah 40 and verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Glory to God. It's going to stand No matter how much you, how much they belittle it, say it's wrong, it's arcade, it's oh, uh, doesn't belong in, in modern day. It stands forever. I could run that with with our constitution, but some people are doing the same thing with the constitution. This is old fashioned. Once you deny the inherency of, of, of the Bible, you don't have a base for your faith any longer. Because you're pulling things out. So what, what are you going to believe? Well, the Bible says this, but we don't believe that, so we only believe this. So what, where's your faith built on? It's a, it's, it's, uh, what you have done is fragmented God's Word and compromised it. And we can't do that. Every Christian doctrine, whether it's about God, on sin, or salvation, is drawn out of the Bible. Not drawn someplace else. You can't say, well, what do you think about this? Well, the Word says God's, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So, why listen to somebody that has a Ph.D., a post-hole digger degree? Amen? If you can't trust the Bible, then we've lost our very foundation of faith. Uh, let's go to, back to the book of Psalms. I got you running around a little bit here. Book of Psalms, chapter 11. Looking at verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Uh, from the Amplified, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the, the unyielding righteous do? Or what has he, the righteous one, wrought or accomplished? Glory to God. We can't allow the word to be fragmented. You have to receive the whole word. Amen? Okay. Now, we know, we've already talked about the grace teaching. It's not in the Word. We've proved it, you know, that. I want to tell, maybe you've heard about this one too. 
There is an element now that says, beyond hell, there's new life. Here, here's our thoughts. Since God is love, and all loving, hell cannot be forever. He can't do such a terrible thing since he is love. Okay? Hell is not forever. Well, if hell is not forever, then heaven is not forever. Hello. So what are you going to do then? You end up back in the same place. Okay. My question is, if one is sent to hell and is able to get out, what was the reason for Jesus' sacrifice? Because you're going to get out anyway. You know, real logical thinking there. Like the grace, peop uh, grace teaching, people are thrilled at this new revelation of hope beyond hell. People are just lo loving that. You know, I could, you know, I might have a five-minute burn. I'm back out there with God. He's a loving God. Hell, well. Now, false doctrines will generate quarrels. And they're already, they're already quarreling about this thing. Well, this, the Bible says this, that, you know, God's love. You can't, you know, it transitions any, any judgment. Well, I'm going to give you a quote. It seems that some diabolical mastermind is running the affairs of this world. And that his chief object is to brainwash Christians to get them to conform to this world. That's from Billy Graham. Let me read that again. It seems that some diabolical mastermind is running the affairs of this world and that his chief objective is to brainwash Christians and get them to conform to the world. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says that we're not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the word of God. Um, what is needed if you know that you have compromise in your life? Now, I'm going to tell you, all of us have compromise in our life. Hello, some of you are saying, e. Let's go to Psalms chapter 51. Psalms 51. David found out. Psalms 51. Let's start with verse 5. It's Psalm 51, 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part that thou maketh me to know wisdom. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be water, uh, whiter than snow. Glory to God. Uh, 
So we need to purge ourselves. She said you, you read this morning about purging. Okay, the word purge. Let me give you a definition of purge. To take away in order to be clean, or to purify, or to be cleansed. To rid the undesirable, to remove impurities. Let me read it again. To take away in order to be clean, or to purify, or to cleanse. To rid the undesirable, remove impurities. If David was pure, uh, purged from his sins, he would be forgiven and he would be spiritually clean before God. And what does God say about David? He's a man after my own heart. He wants to purify himself. We need to have the same thing. If there's something in our lives that we are compromising, we need to put it on the altar. Hello. And you know what they did with the... With the sacrifices when they put it on the altar, they tied them down. So that means whatever you are compromised, you need to put it on God's altar and tie it down. Lord, this is yours. I'm not taking it back anymore. And tie it down. Uh oh. Whoa. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Boy, you guys are going to get out already. McDonald's will be happy. 2 Timothy. Let's see what Paul says about this. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's start with verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and, his, and everyone that is nameth the name of Christ departs from iniquity. But in the great house there are, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Verse 21, this is what Paul says. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So we need to purge ourselves. Hello. Those who are really believers, I thought I would hear an amen, a roar, an amen. Those who are really believers truly desire to honor God the Father, God the Son, okay? So we are going to purge ourselves from false professions. Bad practices. Erroneous doctrines. We need to purge ourselves. We need to be like the Bereans, Acts 17, 11. Amen? No, many believers are not... Pardon me. Note, as believers, we are not to purge others 
I know what you got. You need to do this. No, we need to purge. It says we need to purge ourselves. Okay? And become vessels of uh, honor. Reserved for the master's use. Reserved for the master's use. Not common use. Dishonor means a common... Dishonored vessel means used for common things. We are above and beyond. We should be above and beyond this world. He said he, said, he took our feet out of the mud and set us on the rock. Let's, let's, get a, let's wash our feet and get on the rock. Let's not go trudging in the world with dirty feet. You know what? What is what? It, what I depict as dirty feet? You ever see a pig in a, in a in their yard? Dirty pig feet. And how? I better not say that. <laughs> okay. Looking at verse twenty-two. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, or love, peace with them all that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. God recognizes those that call upon Him with a pure heart. And if you're still compromising, you're not having a pure heart. I'll put it this way. If I'm not still compromising, I'm not having a pure heart before God. So He doesn't have to listen. Whoa. We need to wake up. We are in the last days. Things are going crazy. Hebrews chapter 9. You need to, uh, I don't know, if, if you want a good study, look up the word purge. Somebody else is doing it now. I think there's, there's 23 times, 23 or 33 times, in the Bible it talks about purging. Uh, you remember Jonah in the whale? Um, Jonah in the fish, I should say. What did that fish do? He purged of Jonah. And what was all over Jonah? We have the same thing within us. Compromise needs to be purged out of us. That icky, dirty, slimy, devilish stuff needs to be thrown out of us. How many's ever thrown up? <laughs> what came out? <laughs> Something that you do, you want to pick up it says a dog goes back to its vomit. You don't want, you don't he wouldn't want to go pick that stuff up and Spoon feed yourself. 
That's what, that's what compromise is. It's get rid of it. You don't need it in our system any longer. Did we find Hebrews chapter 9? Well, let's look at verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. We have to fall upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be purged every day. Uh, you know, when somebody is what they call anorexic, what do they do? These people, they purge themselves. It's wrong what they do, but I mean, we are told to purge anything that, that's within us that's bad. Like I said, it's a good study. You want to come up with your study now? Of purging, or are you going to do it next week? No, well, <laughs> no, you only got ten minutes. Hurts <laughs> is a long. You think so? Okay. So what are you going to do? Compromise? Let that evil stuff settle, stay settled in you, or are you going to purge yourself? Amen. Glory to God. I don't know what she's doing. Away. Let's all stand. No, you're going to get it next week then. I'll let you do it next week.